The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Well, hello, everybody. It's Pastor Doug Bursch, and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. No, I'm not going to complain about weather today, because the rest of the U.S. is in a deep freeze. We're just in this bland Puget Sound weather. What I am going to talk about today is spirit-led ministry. A friend of mine, A.J. Swoboda, asked me to talk uh, to one of the classes that he's teaching on uh, spirit-led ministry or on the Holy Spirit and pastoring. And I thought I would share with you some of the fundamental motivators in my life when it comes to ministering, being led by the Holy Spirit. So that's what we're talking about on today's Fairly Spiritual Show. so good to spend this time with you. So I'm recording today's show on a Wednesday at uh, 12.38, and uh, at 2 o'clock, I'm going to be patched into, I don't think that's the word they use, I'm going to be patched into a class. My friend A.J. Swoboda is teaching a class with pastors, and he said, Doug, could you for an hour uh, talk about a topic? You know, could you teach on a topic? A.J.'s very nice. He's going to let me do that. And so, uh, The class, I think, is on uh, the Holy Spirit and ministry, Um, you know, all things related. Of course, that's not the title. That's what I'm calling it. But anyway, so for me, I'm going to talk about how I am motivated by the Holy Spirit or how I integrate uh, my understanding of the Holy Spirit in pastoring. I'm a little nervous because I I like teaching. I love teaching. If I could, I would teach in so many more contexts. I'd love to do more of that. Uh, But usually when I teach, I like to move around the classroom, look people in the eyes, you know, lots of interaction. And uh, it's weird to me to do something where they're just going to see me on a computer screen. That's odd. So you can pray for me, although by the time you hear this, it's too late. Your prayers don't matter. (laughs) Sorry, but I don't know. There's just that anxiety of just, I'm not... I did a radio show for many years where it was two hours every day, spoke to thousands of people. There's just something weird, I think, when you're in another room and you're teaching people who are all together in one room. And it, I don't know. So I'm going to try to do that. But I thought what I would do today is uh, before that class, I'd just share with you some of the thoughts so you get it first. All right? You don't have to pay anything for it. Uh, I want to just share with you my heart on how I minister uh, in the spirit, or how spirit-led ministry motivates me as a pastor. And I'm just going to kind of go as the spirit leads here, and I'll probably talk about some different things in that class, but just want to share some things with you. The, this is what I try to remember, or what motivates me in any ministry that I do. Uh, first, the baptism of Jesus is a strong motivator in my life. Oh, before I go on, this is what also motivates me with this podcast is when you text the show. Here's the number to text, 360-818-4513. Last week, I got a lot of nice, encouraging texts. I read them. I even respond. So please text us, 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. 360 uh, but not uh, my number does not motivate me in spirit-led 
uh, living, our spirit-led pastoring. But here's one thing that just sets how I minister and live my life. It's the baptism of Jesus. I've asked people this many times. I'll ask you this. Why was Jesus baptized by John the Baptist? Why did he start his ministry? Or one of the first things he did in ministry is to allow John to baptize him. We know that John had a baptism of repentance, right? He said, you guys need to baptize, be baptized by me because Messiah is coming and uh, he's going to establish the righteousness of God on earth and you need to prepare yourself for God's righteousness, so repent. So John was calling people for a strong commitment of repentance. And Jesus comes to these repentance waters and he says, John, I want you to baptize me. And the first thing John does is like... You know, I know you're Messiah, but you got this wrong. You don't want to associate yourself with these waters because these waters are for sinners, and you are the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, and you're not going to take away the sins of the world by going into these waters of repentance. So it's a fascinating story to start out Jesus' ministry. So why does Jesus start his ministry with a baptism of repentance? Is Jesus repenting? And, and he's not. He's not repenting. Jesus is sinless. He's not repenting of sin. So what is Jesus doing when he goes into those waters? And what I believe, and this is what motivates the ministry that I do, and it, it firmly places my life on this foundation for, for anything I do and why I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and, and why what I'm talking about today is central to everything I do. Jesus was perfect and is perfect, but as, as the incarnational man, as the perfect God-man. You know, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, who dwelt among us, was the perfect man. And in his perfect strength, he could have done amazing things. Jesus, in his perfect humanity, could have done amazing things on his own, without any help from the Holy Spirit, without any help from the Father, just in his perfection and how he was incarnate, he could have done these amazing things. But instead, instead of using his own strength, he died to himself. He died to himself not just at the end on the cross, but in the beginning of ministry, he died to his own strength. And that's why Jesus went into those baptismal waters. He died to himself. He laid himself down in the waters and he said, not my will be done, but the Father's will be done. Not in my strength, not in my power, not even under my authority, but under the Father's authority. And we see Jesus confirm this again and again. It's, it's I'm, I'm not going to do this uh, based on what I want to do. I only do what the Father does. I only say what the Father says. I am an expression of the Father's will. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that's what Jesus does, right? Jesus dies to himself from the beginning. And so that's the first thing we see. And then when he dies to himself, we see a couple things happen. The Holy Spirit descends upon him, and the cloud, from the, this cloud, the voice from heaven, the Father says, this is my Son, in him I am well pleased. And so Jesus ministers out of these three components. First, a denial of self. He doesn't minister out of his strength and his authority. He dies to himself, to his flesh. So he dies to his flesh. His flesh is perfect, but he dies to his flesh. Second, 
He's motivated by the leading and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Because if you die to your own flesh, and you're not by your flesh and your strength, you're not led by that, then you need to be led by something else. So he's going to be led by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is going to show him the will of the Father. And then the third thing, which is so beautiful, is he's led by the favor of the Father. That before he does anything, the Father says, you are my son, and I'm well pleased with you. These are the motivators. So for spirit-led ministry, this is the foundation. The way Jesus ministered is the way ultimately I feel I am called to minister. Every day, every season of my life, wherever I'm at, however things are going, whether I feel incredibly strong or I feel incredibly weak, I die to my flesh. I say, it's not my flesh. It's not my will. It's not my way. It's not my strength. I die to myself, and I surrender myself into those baptismal waters. I did it once when I was first baptized, but I do it daily. I die to myself, and I rise up from those baptismal waters, and I say, I'm going to live my life based on the leading of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will tell me the will of the Father. I will do what the Father tells me to do through his, you know, the Holy Spirit, God-breathed, living word, the Bible, through prayer, through communion with the body of Christ. And I will also do all things, not to try to please God, but out of God's pleasure, from his pleasure, from his favor, that I am his son and, and he is pleased with me. And I know he's pleased with me because he sent his only son to die for my sins. That's a great question for you. When, when you talk about spirit-led ministry, when you talk about any kind of ministry, why are you doing it? Are you doing it to show how important you are, how impressive you are? That's, that's a wrong motive. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus did it to show the love of the Father. He surrendered, and he yielded. He became the perfect man in that sense. Adam used his creative power to serve himself, but Jesus used his created power and surrendered it and served the Father through the leading of the Holy Spirit. And this ties in so well with Romans. If you look at the beginning of Romans, that the Apostle Paul talks about the fundamental problem with humanity, what, what humans did in the beginning, and I think what every human does, is that instead of worshiping the Creator, we turn and we worship the created. That we were created with tremendous capacity. We were created in the image of God. It's the first thing the Bible talks about humans, that we were created in the image of God to image God on earth. So people would say, what's God like? Well, God's a lot like humans and that God loves like humans and God forgives like humans and God, God is good like humans. We were supposed to image God. But instead of using our creative capacity to image God, we use that to serve ourselves. And that's the next big motivating factor. I'm going to get into that, how that motivates my spirit-led living. More to come. Okay, I hope you're enjoying today's show. If you're not, thanks for still listening. Hey, I'd love it if you could text the show, 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. And then also, could you go to our webpage, fairlyspiritual.org? That's fairlyspiritual.org. Your donation keeps our radio show on the air, also helps us expand into other markets. Fairlyspiritual.org. A donation of $25 means a lot. Fairlyspiritual.org. And I'd love it if you'd pick up my book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. I go into detail on why Pentecost happened on the day of Pentecost, that actual specific day 
why it matters that the Holy Spirit was poured out on that day, and many other things about community. Thank you for listening. Your support matters when it comes to keeping this show on the radio and helping me advance the gospel in maybe a different way than the way you've heard on other shows. Okay, so uh, I'm talking about what motivates me with Spirit-Led Ministry, and the first thing is I think about Jesus' baptism as an example of how I'm supposed to be led. Jesus took his, his created power in, in his incarnation state. You know, he is from the beginning, Jesus is God, but when he became incarnate, he could have used his incarnation and just served himself, been the perfect man and done everything in his own strength, but he didn't do that. Instead, he went into those baptismal waters and he surrendered his strength and he did everything based on the leading of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the leading of the Father through the Holy Spirit and the favor of God. And that's an example for all of us to follow. In fact, that was the example that uh, Adam and Eve were supposed to follow. They were supposed to use their creative capacity to serve God, to say, thy kingdom come, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But instead, what did Adam and Eve do? They served themselves instead of God. And that's what is talked about in Romans 1 when, when Paul mentions this is the sin that all humanity has fallen into. We've fallen into it from the beginning, but also every human does this as well. And you see this, um, let's go to Romans 1, 18. Paul talks about this as what happened in the beginning, but I think he's also expressing that this is what every human has done with their created capacity and why we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Paul says in Romans 1, 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth, for what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world, in the things that have been made, so that they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. See, what happened with Adam and Eve and what has happened with every human, is that we have been wonderfully created. And from the beginning, Paul says, God's invisible attributes, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen in what's been created. And he's not talking about the mountains. He's not talking about the rivers. He's talking about us. We know that we were created, clearly created to image him that we divinely image God, and we have suppressed that knowledge, and we've used our creative power to serve ourselves instead of God. And because of that, we're under wrath. And so we see Jesus do the opposite of what humans have done. Jesus, the perfect man, takes his perfect flesh, and he doesn't serve it. He surrenders his flesh, and he's led by the Holy Spirit, and he's led by the Father. 
This brings me all to the, the, the next area. I don't know if you're taking notes. I don't know if it's the third point or the tenth point. But what motivates me in spirit-led ministry is I'm not going to live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And the Apostle Paul talks about this all over the place in Scripture. Uh, you can see this in Romans 8. But he says, I, we're not called to live katanuma according, excuse me, katasarka. We're not called to live katasarka according to the flesh, but we're called to live katanuma according to the spirit. So let me say that again. We're not called to live katasarka according to the flesh, but katanuma according to the spirit. Now, some translations uh, such as the New Living Translation, will translate uh, katasarka according to the flesh as our sinful nature, like don't live according to your depraved nature. But that's not what Paul is saying. Paul is saying something much more profound, deeper, and broader than that. Paul is just saying this. He's saying, don't live according to your flesh, your good flesh, your bad flesh, your basic strength. We are not called to live according to our flesh, just as Jesus did not live according to his flesh. The incarnate Savior, our incarnate Savior, did not live according to his flesh. He lived according to the Spirit. See, we are to live as Jesus lived. He's the example. Paul tried to follow Christ by not living according to the flesh, but living according to the Spirit. And Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And Paul followed Christ in the same way. Christ did not live according to his flesh, Paul tried not to live according to his flesh, and we are called to not, live, to not live according to our flesh. We are called to live according to the Spirit. So, so these, these are the foundational things here, and I, I just wanted you to, to get what motivates my life. So I am not called to live based on my strengths. It's not wrong to get strong. It's not wrong to get knowledge. I'm working on my doctorate. I should be receiving my doctorate. Uh, this year, if everything goes well. I believe in education. I believe in wisdom. I believe in knowledge. But I'm not supposed to be led based on that knowledge or that doctrine. I'm supposed to daily take my knowledge and surrender it to the Lord and say, I want to be led by your Spirit. Also, I'm not supposed to be led by the created, but the Creator. So God has created amazingly wonderful things in my life, I'm an expression of his wonderful creation. You're an expression of his wonderful creation. But I don't serve the created. I don't serve myself. I serve the creator. And so God has done some amazing things in my past, but I don't use those amazing things and begin to serve those things instead of God. I continue to serve God. So I don't say, well, you know, now I can serve God because I have money, so I can use that money to make my next decisions. No, no, I serve God. I don't use fame. Well, now I have a certain amount of fame and notoriety because of the things God has done in my life. So now I'm going to use that fame and notoriety. I'm going to serve that. No, I serve God. I don't serve the good things that have happened in my life. I don't serve the bad things that have happened in my life. I completely serve God. So today when I wake up, whatever's come before, whatever is strong in my life, whatever is good in my life, whatever has been done in my life, I can praise God for that. But I don't take my next step based on that. I don't say, oh, well, I'll do that, Lord, because you did that in the past. Because you did that in the past, I'll do that today. No, I take my next step based on the Spirit's leading. And if the Spirit says go, I go. And if the Spirit says speak, I speak. And if the Spirit says surrender, 
I surrender. And it doesn't matter if I've never done that before. It doesn't matter if before this point I've never been successful in that area. I'm supposed to do it today if the Spirit leads me to do it today. And here's the deal. If I've been completely successful up to this point, and every time I've done this thing, I've been incredibly successful, if the Lord says stop, I'm to stop. I'm not supposed to serve myself. I'm supposed to serve the leading of the Holy Spirit. This is how I got into doing media ministry. I remember uh, being very frustrated with God. I had these desires to have a better spirit in communicating. And, and by the way, I'm, I'm still very restless with this. I wish I had more influence. I wish I could have a podcast on a larger platform, on, on larger radio expression. I wish doors would open up to me that had been closed. And for a while, I was on a larger radio a, a station where I was paid to be on the air, but that door was closed and I was not treated well in that environment. I still wish that I could have great influence and that doors would open up for me, but they, they haven't. But the Lord, I felt, called me to try to influence the dialogue that I see in our culture. But I thought in the beginning that I had to be this powerful pastor to do this. I thought I had to have this large church. I thought I had to have you know, a bunch of money and a bunch of resources to do what God had put on my heart. And I remember arguing with the Lord and saying, why would you put these desires on my heart, and yet our church would be so small and insignificant? Why would you put this desire in my heart to speak to the larger church and, and to want to do media ministry and to want to do uh, things through the internet and social media? And, and Why would you want me to impact the larger culture and yet we have such a small church? And I was very frustrated with the Lord. And I felt very strongly that God came to me and just said, Doug, I never told you to wait for you to become stronger as a church before you go out and do what I've put on your heart. I never told you that you need to be a mega church to go do what I put on your heart. I never told you to wait till you have money to go out and do what I put on your heart. I never told you, just go do what I put on your heart. Just be spirit-led. Don't wait to be powerful. Don't wait to be famous. Don't wait for someone to open the door. You just go do what I've called you to do. You speak when I tell you to speak. You move when I tell you to move. Be spirit-led. Die to yourself. Don't wait to be strong. Be obedient. And because of that, because of that leading, I just started following the Lord and just decided I'm going to be obedient. I'm just going to start doing foolish things. And I just started moving in the direction of, of and, and, you know, for a season, I, I started doing this little teeny radio show. And next thing you know, I had someone hiring me where I was speaking to three or 5,000 people a day. And I for five years, I did... 1,200 shows, and, and it was great, and I, I ministered to people, and I, and I thought that would even expand, but then there came a day where I just had to say no to that and wipe the dust off my feet and hand it back over and say, I, I, can't, I can't hold on to this thing. Now I'm trying to be spirit-led in other avenues, and if the Lord tells me to speak, I'm speaking, and if he tells me to go, I'm going, but I'm not waiting till I'm strong, and I still have this small church that's insignificant to others, but it's not insignificant to God. Because I'm not going to move forward based on my strength and my power. I'm not going to move forward based on what's been created in my life. I'm going to move forward based on the Creator. And that's what I ask you to do as well. Surrender yourself into the baptismal waters. Die to your strengths, die to your weaknesses, die to everything, and do it daily. 
Not your will be done, but the Father's will be done. Put yourself into that water like Jesus and rise up from the water and let the Spirit be your leading on a daily basis and let the favor of the Father move you forward. And from that place, whatever the Lord creates in your life, don't serve the created, serve the Creator. Don't serve the created, serve the Creator. And most importantly, don't live according to the flesh. Your desires, whether you feel bad or you feel good, whether you feel confident or you feel weak, live according to the Spirit's leading. Trust the Spirit's leading and be free to move. That's what I'm going to do in my life. I don't know if I'll succeed in the world's eyes. It doesn't matter. I'm going to try on a daily basis to live according to the Spirit, to minister out of the favor of the Father or with the favor of the Father, dying to myself, surrendering all to Jesus. I'd ask you to join me. All right? Thanks for listening. Hey, I'd love it if you'd text the show, 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. And your donations allow this little ministry to continue on the radio and to expand into other markets. Go to fairlyspiritual.org and donate today. That's fairlyspiritual.org. Your donations matter. Please pray about it. If you're supposed to donate, please donate. Fairlyspiritual.org. Now make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. He is leading every one of us through his Holy Spirit. Yield to him and he will lead you. I'll see you next time. Proceeding broadcast was sponsored by Fairly Spiritual. When you write or call this program, be sure to mention you heard it on KCIS.